Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And welcome back, everybody, to an all-new episode of Kicking with Keeler here on the Full Press Radio Network, episode number eight. And thanks for kicking with me, Ricky Keeler, here on a Thursday night for listening live December 26th. If you're not listening live on the download, we also appreciate that as well. I'm your host, Ricky Keeler. Hope everybody had a great holiday out there with your friends and family. I know I did. We have a great show coming to you over the next hour or so as we take in. This is the last show of the decade. We'll be back next time you hear from me and my voice will be 2020. So last thing of the decade. So hopefully we'll do, we'll do some little uh, decade tidbits later. We won't do like a big segment, but some moments that caught me over the past decade. And as a sports fan that I enjoyed, we'll get into those. We'll also do NFL Week 17 Word Association. We have Ian Glendon, who is the founder of Full Press Coverage. He's going to join me to look at the final week of the NFL season. We'll have playoffs next week to talk about. If we'll get into Wild Card Weekend, that should be fun. we got college football playoff this weekend. LSU, Oklahoma in the Peach Bowl. Clemson, Ohio State in the Fiesta Bowl. We talked a little bit about it a couple of weeks ago when these matchups were announced. I'll kind of give my picks on who I like in this game, those two games later on. And we'll have some fun with it over the next hour. Plus, big signings in baseball, of course, the last couple of days. We had on Christmas Eve the Mets agreeing to a deal, a one-year deal with Dellen Batances, which will really help their bullpen. I think the Yankees will miss them a little bit, but I don't think it's a huge loss for the Yankees. Bigger gain for the Mets. And the White Sox on Christmas getting Edwin and Carnacio into a one-year deal. And, and you look at the White Sox, the team improving. They're going to be something to watch in the Central. I don't know if they'll win the Central. But they look pretty good, and we got a couple months to break that down before pitchers and catchers report to spring training, which is right around the corner, about a month and a half away. So it comes quicker than you think. You can follow the show and the site on a variety of ways. You can follow me on Twitter, at Rickinator555. That's at R-I-C-K, letter I, Nader, like in Terminator, Rickinator555. You can follow the radio network on Twitter, at Full Press Radio. You can follow the site on Twitter, which is at FP Coverage. Great sites. We got great team podcasts up as well that have just started. That's a lot of fun. Ian will tell you about that more in a little bit. So plenty of things in store in 2020 that we're all excited uh, to talk about. So without further ado, as I get into week 17 in the NFL, I'm bringing my guest Ian Glendon. So we'll talk about the NFC East, what's going on with the Eagles and Cowboys, the Titans and Steelers for that sixth seed. 
We're going to talk a little bit about some other teams as well uh, throughout the process. You'll you'll see Ian and I talk about it a little bit. We recorded this earlier today. You can also, again, follow the show on iTunes, subscribe to the podcast, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, anywhere you get your podcasts, please subscribe. And it's the holiday spirit. I don't know if you feel giving enough to give a five-star rating, but you, if you do, we appreciate it. And always give feedback. Uh, I always appreciate feedback, good or bad. So if there's something you like about the show, something you don't like about the show, something you want to see on the show in 2020, please feel free to do so. I'm happy to listen, happy to hear your feedback. Uh, so please feel free to share that with me. So without further ado, let's get into my conversation with Ian. And after that conversation is up, we'll talk about the college football playoff and some of my favorite moments from the 2010s. And joining me now here on Kicking It With Keeler is the man behind full press coverage. You catch all his work. You catch him on FPC Live weekday mornings hosting a show. He's running the behind-the-scenes operation here at Full Press Coverage and Full Press Coverage Radio. Joining me for Week 17 Word Association today is Ian Glendon. Ian, welcome. How are you? Hope you had a great holiday. I did. I, I uh, it was it was pretty fantastic. It's very snowless though down here in Florida. But uh, I hope you had a uh, great holiday as well. And thanks for having me on. Which is which is a little weird, and, and I'm glad you're here. Like I'm in New York, and it was like 50 degrees. Like <laughs> it, 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 it's weird when you get those mild Christmases that like mm-hmm. they don't feel like it. Like you, it's weird. It, it, it's close to Florida as you could possibly get, probably. Yeah, this is this is my uh, fourth. I want to say my fourth Christmas down here. So it, it, I'm I'm starting to get used to it. Although I do uh, I do miss the snowing on Christmas morning from up in Massachusetts, but. I, I, I can I can deal with that if I get a warmth throughout the year. So, <laughs> so let's get right into it. A little week seventeen word association for those not familiar with the format. Basically, we throw out every NFL matchup for the week, and Ian and I will give a word or phrase that pops into our head. If you have a word or phrase for your favorite team throughout the week as we get into the playoffs, uh, feel free to tweet me on Twitter at Rickinator five five five. We'll read it on air within reason. So let's start in Tampa Bay. Six and nine Falcons, seven and eight Bucks. A lot of these one o'clocks we'll try to go through as quick as possible because they not may that mean anything at all, but we'll just try as best we can. So, Ian, what do you got for Falcons Bucks? Uh quarterbacks. I I, I think those are the two that are going to be the most the biggest focus for uh, both those teams for for a couple different reasons. Obviously, the the Jameis Tampa Bay crowd, you're pretty much split fifty fifty. I I think he's ultimately and and deserving of at least one more year under Bruce Arians because I think there's a bunch of talent there. And then, you know, Matt Ryan. I mean, he's getting a little bit up there in age. This Falcons team, obviously, you you get the feeling that maybe they missed their window. Um, you know, b- both those guys are going to be crucial for for whatever these two teams uh, plan on doing in the future. So, uh, quarterbacks for me. I'm going to go air attack because both these teams do not like to run the football. I mean, even when Atlanta has Devontae Freeman, they don't run it. Tampa's got who knows it running back between Peyton Barber, Ronald Jones. This is a game where if, like, you said both quarterbacks through over 45 times, I would not surprise you at all. So if you like passing and you're still somehow in a Week 17 fantasy, uh, maybe Matt Ryan and Jameis Winston work for you. So that, that, that probably the only part of this game. If you like passing, go with this one. To Minnesota, we got ten and five Vikings, seven and eight Bears. Vikings locked in everything, so we'll see how much Kirk Cousins and some of the starters play. Ian, what do you think here? Uh, confidence uh, for the Vikings. I mean, look, you know, you know the the uh, <laughs> the stigma that that follows around Kirk Cousins. He can't win a primetime game, and and of course, you know, a Week Seventeen game against a team that's not going to the playoffs is not a a primetime game or even a big important game for that matter. But um, 
Look, this Vikings team is very, very talented, but I don't think anyone necessarily trusts them if they're put in a position to be in the NFC Championship game or in a big-time divisional round matchup. And, uh, you know, the only thing they can do at this point is to go into the playoffs strong. So I I think for, for... uh, for for the Vikings, they, they need to build that confidence and, and really take that into the playoffs if they're going to go far. Especially in the key, I think, for them just get Dobbin Cook healthy. Yep. You could see clearly what they need him in offense. I'll take your confidence level and apply it to the other side of this game. I'll say progress. Mm-hmm. This is a game I want to see Mitch Trubisky win. Uh, you, you have to – disappointing year that the Bears have had. You've got to be able to end it on a good note on the road. I don't care how many starters Minnesota plays on defense. You have to find a way to win because that was an embarrassment Sunday against the Chiefs. Yes, the Chiefs are pretty good on defense, but you've got to play better than that. And it kind of ruined all the progress Trubisky made over the last month. So we'll see if he ends his disappointing 2019 on a good note. Let's go to Kansas City. 5-10 and 10 Chargers, 11-4 Chiefs. Chiefs can clinch the three seed with a win, can clinch the bye with a win and a Patriot loss. We'll get into later. Ian, what do you think here? Um. You know, this, this is this is tough. Uh, you know, because I, I I would if I were the Chiefs, the smart thing would be to mind your health, and and I'll go with health. That that'll be my word because um, you know it, there is an outside chance that they can get a first round buy, but I would put that realistically as as a very slim chance because I don't I don't think anyone expects the Patriots to lose to the Dolphins at home um, in Week 17. I mean, stranger things have happened, but. I, I think it's a pretty safe bet. So for Kansas City, I don't think it's important for them to go out and, you know, just, you know, try to go all out and win this game and, and risk the health of some of your stars. And obviously we know Patrick Mahomes has, you know, dealt with his issues throughout the year. And, you know, you need those guys, you know, the, the Travis Kelsey's of the world, the uh, Tyree Kills of the world. You need those guys out there to really keep that offense uh, explosive. So I, I, I think they should be smart. I think they should play their players, but don't risk anything long term because um, as we've seen this year, Home field advantage is nice, but the but the Chiefs have actually been a better road team. So if they have to go on the road one extra week, then I'll I'll, I'll take that versus uh you know not being healthy heading into the playoffs. I see what you mean, and you could probably win this game with Matt Moore against yeah. the Chargers because that's just how bad Philip Rivers has been this year. But I think you also have to look at it if the Chiefs lose and Houston wins, Houston's the three, and then that locks you into a four seed where you're playing Buffalo and Baltimore potentially. Mm-hmm. Two really tough defenses. I think you have to play Mahomes the whole way. I think they, they can run the ball a little bit, maybe take it a little easy on him. For the Chiefs, I'll go peaking. I, I love the way this defense is playing right now. They're getting hot at the right time, and they need that defense to go to the Super Bowl. So I think having this team click on all cylinders the way it has, it hasn't been all systems go offensively like last year, but the defense is pretty much on that level now. And it'll be interesting to see if it carries over to the postseason. Let's go to Detroit. 12 and 3 Packers, 311 and 1 Lions. Packers clinch a bye with a win. And I'll go under the radar here, Ian, for this one. The Packers, to me, could be the most unheralded two seed in the NFC in the last like five years because they're just not, they're not pretty to watch, but they get more Aaron Jones involved. Mm-hmm. He was key against the Vikings into the run last week. Devontae Adams does his thing, but it's really Aaron Rodgers just trying to create something out of nothing. So the Packers, to me, people talk about the Niners, talk about the Saints. Green Bay could be that sneaky two seed that just surprises everybody in January. 
They're they're a, they're a weird team because again you have to respect where their standing is and their opportunity the opportunity in front of them to uh, have home field throughout the playoffs and um, but to me I'm still I'm still hesitant on them because I, I you know if you were to ask me uh, regardless of what the seedings are who I think the best teams in the NFC are I would maybe put them four um, mm-hmm. so. It, I don't think it's that indicative of, you know, their their standing isn't indicative of, you know, how good I think they are relative to the competition in the NFC. I think the Saints are better. I do think the 49ers are better. Um, Seahawks, if you would have asked me two weeks ago, I would have been pretty emphatic thinking that they were better. But, um, you know, I think they're a little bit more on par. And this isn't to say that the Packers aren't a good team. I think they're a really good team. I just think this NFC conference is, is really really stacked and uh they do rely heavily on aaron jones and and if aaron jones gets shut down i'm not quite confident that the offensive passing attack is is good enough to to you know carry this team if you know they falter or they need to get into a shootout so i think this is a a team that needs to play with the lead and i think once they do they're they're tough to come back against because it's ball control and aaron Rodgers doesn't turn the ball over so uh, which, which is a great recipe to go on a great playoff run, but it, again, it's just it's it's tough because all it takes is that one bad game where those things don't work for you, and then and then I start to question whether or not the the Packers are able to, um, uh, you know, reinvent themselves mid game and, and become a high powered passing attack uh, in order to beat uh, you know a, another really good team in that conference like the 49ers, who we know can put up points. So. Um, I don't even know if I put a word out there for this game. It was it was more more confusion, I guess. That actually might be the the appropriate there you go. the appropriate hey. word because it and, and it's not bad. It's just I, I I'm still trying to figure out what this Packers team is. I think they're really uh they're much more balanced, of course, than they were last year, which makes them a better team. It's just I just think this might be a, a year where it's unfortunately you just have so many good teams in the NFC that it's going to be tough for them. Let's go to Cincinnati, the six and nine Browns against the one and fourteen Bengals. And my word for this is kitchen remodeling because after this game, the Browns are going to need a new head coach. And I, quite frankly, and I would not be surprised if the Bengals won this football game. I think they they play with nothing to lose. The Browns just want to go on their vacations after this season, clear after the second half last week. And the Bengals already locked in the one seed. They don't have to lose now. They can go out there, play hard. This could be Andy Dalton's final game in Cincinnati. They're done watching Joe Burrow from the college football playoff the day before. So why not go out there and make the Browns really have to remodel everything after this game's over? Yeah, look, I, I, I got to agree with you. I, I'd say total teardown, uh, you know, at, as opposed to maybe a modest uh, remodeling. Um, and this is something <laughs> I've been kind of preaching for a while is, you know, it, this team is going nowhere with Freddie Kitchens uh, as the head coach. Um, and if the Browns were smart and, and realized that they do have talent on this team, they have to cut the cord and, and deal with the backlash they may get for making the wrong choice to begin with. But it's better to, uh, you know, cut your losses short as opposed to letting them linger because again i just don't see this team and i saw it from week one on i mean the fact that they get i think they had what they committed 17 or 18 penalties and it just shows you right there how undisciplined they were how little grasp uh, freddie kitchens has on this offense and and look you're, you're risking uh completely ruining uh baker mayfield and and this that's not to say that part of this isn't on him i mean a big part of it is on him but um he, you got to figure you need someone in there next year that's going to get the most out of it, or he's just going to, you know, really start to turn into another 
you know, Johnny Manziel. You know, there's a lot of differences, of course. I'm just saying in terms of high, uh, uh, high expectation Browns quarterback that, that really just kind of flamed out after a, a few nice uh, showings early on. So, uh, yeah, so, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Total teardown with that, with that team. And, and if not, you're, you're, you're risking going right back to being the two, uh, and two to four win Browns teams very quickly. To Carolina, where the 12-3 and three Saints take on the 5-10 and 10 Panthers. I'm going to go with rushing revival here. Alvin Kamara was big against the Titans last week. They need him on the ground if they want to get to the Super Bowl. Yes, Drew Brees is playing great right now, but I feel like Kamara kind of disappointed this season, just, just was not that impact player that you thought he would be. If he can get back to what he did last week and keep that going into the playoffs, this is a different Saints team. I would trust them more if that happens. You don't learn anything here from this Carolina game, so I'm just look for Kamara and the Saints maybe that rushing attack continues to improve yeah and and you know on the flip side it's always fun to watch Christian McCaffrey uh keep running and you know he's obviously racking up the uh the all-purpose yards and everything like that but yeah with the Saints it's this is a game that they should win um I mean there's an outside chance that maybe they 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 don't show up I mean this Saints team can do that from time to time especially against a divisional opponent but I imagine that they're going to go into town and and just take care of business so this is a um I would I would would say chalk it up you know just chalk it up game you know go out there do what you're supposed to do uh, clinch that first round by and get ready for the playoffs and take that week off so um, this is a Saints team that it, it, the only uh, satisfying end to the season will will have been uh, a, a performance in the Super Bowl. And um, so for this team, they just got to take care of business today and uh, get ready for uh, the playoffs in two weeks. To Buffalo with a 10-5 and five Bills, who have nothing to play for as the 5C in the AFC. Although Josh Allen and some stars might play in this game, I don't know how for how long, against the 6-9 and nine Jets. I'm going to go with what might have been, is my word here, for the Jets. Because you win this football game, you go from 1-7 and seven to 7-9. Seven and nine. I, I know the Jets' schedule's been fairly easy, but they've still lost a lot of easy games to get to 7-9. and nine. You wonder if Darnold didn't have mono early in the year, it would have happened, but their offensive line's a mess. But they get Le'Veon Bell the, 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 the ball a little bit more the last couple of games. And at least if the Jets won this football game, yes, people would look at it, well, the Bills sat everybody or didn't play anybody that long. But at least we'll give them something to 2020. Because I still think this Jet team is talented. If C.J. Mosley comes back, they add a couple pieces here or there. So I'm going to go with what might have been for Adam Gase and the Jets. Yeah, I... I'm going to say, you know, I'll lean towards the Bills because you did bring up the Jets. And I'll just say, you know, this is... This is... Uh, I'm trying. I'm trying to find the right word to describe this because for the Bills, it's it's about patience. That to me is you know, and I'm trying to think of the mentality of some of these teams because we're so close to the end of the season. So um, there's a lot of different mindsets you have to take going into the playoffs, depending on who you are, what team you are, what your success is. And I think for the Bills, who obviously have been uh, aching to to have some sort of playoff success, they had a really good season. I think. The team itself just has to be patient. They can't get over anxious and and uh, you know think too much about the daunting playoff game because whoever they end up playing, it's going to be a tough game. But uh, they're also a tough team. So keep your confidence, keep it even keel. Don't get too anxious. And for the Bills, you just got to keep focused. You're not going to have that week off. So sometimes that's a good thing. Sometimes for a team that's that's trying to find their way. Uh, you don't want to have that bye week because you don't want to lose whatever momentum you have. So for the Bills, you got to be patient and make sure to uh, just keep yourself focused for the upcoming week. And uh, 
real quick note on the Jets. That's another team that I think should uh, cut the cord real quick on their coach and just move on. And um, <laughs> that's I, I mean I don't feel as strong. I mean, if you're gonna tell me if I had to choose one or the two, I'd say Kitchens has to go first. But uh, I honestly don't think Adam Gase is too far behind. I don't think so either, but at the same time with Gase, he did pick the general manager. So when you yes. have the head coach pick the general manager, well, you, yeah. you, you, that, it's different. I do agree with you. He may not be the right fit in the end, but I'll give him at least this much to get from one, like I said, to get from one and seven to a sub, to get to almost a 500 team is at least something to his credit, if not all, if not much of his credit. And Ian is pitching uh, locker room speeches to Sean McDermott that felt like he, uh, locker room speech you'd give Josh Allen before the game you just gave him there yeah <laughs> well that's what, that's what I'm, it's reverse psychology there <laughs> there you go uh let's go to the team the Bills played last week uh our 12 and 3 New England Patriots hosting the 4 and 11 Miami Dolphins uh I'm gonna go with identity here um it's, this game seems so familiar for the Patriots last week against the Bills Buffalo fought hard as everybody expected but it seemed like they got back to what was working with Sony Michelle James White didn't do as much but Rex Burkhead had a good game Maybe you see more Brandon Bolden could be a little mini revenge game for him. I think the Patriots, if they just keep this formula going, it's not quite last year yet because I think this run in the playoffs is going to be much more difficult than last year's run was. But if the Patriots can just keep that the defense and run the football, it could they could still make some surprise in January. So it was definitely different from the couple weeks prior. They struggled against the Bengals and then were bad the other two games. Yeah, and and I'm gonna kind of play off of that a little bit and say progress, and uh, you know something I've I've preached uh, a lot about because I, I follow the Patriots very closely is that I I've never throughout this entire season ever felt that the issues with the Patriots offense stemmed from a declining Tom Brady. In fact, I I, I very adamantly uh, uh, denied that. I, I thought uh, it was mostly about the circumstances and about the people around him. And, it, and it, not that they weren't talented. It was the fact that he had a new offensive uh, grouping, it seemed like, every week uh, through week 12 or 13. And then all of a sudden, the last few weeks, I mean, yes, uh, Sanu may not be um, flashing on the uh, box score as much as you would like, but Nikhil Harry is starting to get more comfortable in this offense. You, we, we've seen him last week in particular really get given the uh, many opportunities to to make plays, and he was making plays. and And I think you see now the the emergence of a Landon Roberts as the fullback becomes such a huge part of this Patriots offense because it's also completely aligned with the fact that the running game is now starting to 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 really start to pick up. So for me, this is just all about the progress and and making those steps to be at your you know, your peak heading into the postseason. And I, I do think the, the idea of uh, identity was, was perfect. Although I think this identity, they, they realized what it was for a long time. It was just a matter of getting the right people in place um, to, to really put that through. So um, I'm, I'm, I agree with your word. And I'll, like I said, I'll add progress to the, to the mix. Yeah. The offense, getting the offensive line going, I think is a big key. I, I agree with you on Brady to an extent. I, I think, and we could have this discussion more in depth at a later time. It's more, I think the decision-making from Brady, like you just see some weird throws, like in the red zone that you would like, you wonder what is he seeing there? I don't think it's a, dec- like it's not Peyton Manning decline by any means, No, but at the same time I can see like Brady drop a tick and it's merely just the decision, the mental decision. It's not something you can't do physically. It's just something that 
a move you wouldn't see, like a, a rare red zone pick where like he's throwing right to the defender. Like, sometimes, well, and, it, like I scratch my head on that. And and to that, I can also point to again the inconsistencies across the uh, offensive weapons, you know, for the Patriots. And sure. and and again to to the point, if you look at that touchdown pass he threw, uh, where he kind of thread the needle and to kill Harry. Um, kept moving in the back of the end zone. I, I think to me that was that was the last little bit of doubt for me uh, in terms of what do I see from this offense because, yeah, I do agree with you. There were times throughout the season where you're like, okay, what is he doing? But, you know, as, as you really dive into the film and watch and, and see how uh, – little confidence he had throughout the season at times with certain players. Um, you can see why he, he would force things other places or or maybe not give that person that opportunity because, you know, you, we saw with Jacoby Myers how, you know, at times throughout the season he was really good, but then he was running some poor routes. And, you know, with, with Brady, it's like even if he is a, a smidge open, if it's Julian Edelman, you're throwing him with the ball. If, but if it's Jacoby Myers, maybe you hesitate a half second and then, you know, that's all it takes. So I, mm-hmm. I do I do agree with you to an extent on that, but I, like I said, I, I was I'm I'm very confident that the the decline has been greatly overstated and, and used as a uh, excuse as to why this uh, offense has struggled. So uh, for those people, I'd say uh, prepare to be a little disappointed in the playoffs because <laughs> I think I think what we saw against Buffalo is is closer to what we're going to get from this Patriots offense. And Nikhil Harry starting to get going is huge yep. for this offense. They're starting to get him more involved. Josh Daniels getting very creative, and that's also scary in yes. January when jo- when Josh gets creative everyone's got to look out because that's when the tricks come out of the bag. Uh, let's go to the 430 games. Let's start with the ones that really don't mean as much, and then we'll get to the ones that mean a lot more. Uh, 5-9-1 and one Cardinals, 8-7 and seven Rams in L.A. Ian, what are you thinking here? Um, For the Cardinals, uh, you know, health. Uh, obviously, Kyler Murray got got banged up a little bit and I know I used health before, but you know, for me, if I'm watching this matchup, the biggest uh, thing for me is watching the Cardinals. Cause I, th- I think um, it's night and day from what this team was a, a year ago um, at the end of the season. I, th- I think, and this is an example and we're, we were talking about Freddie kitchens and Adam Gates to an extent earlier where a franchise realized they made a mistake, not only on a coaching standpoint, but from a quarterback standpoint. And, and again, you can argue that, you know, Josh, Rosen didn't get the uh, the right opportunity there, and, and that could be the case. But, you know, the Cardinals decided very quickly that they were going to move on and restart, and the uh, second chance that they got looks like it was a much better one. And, and you can see progress from Cliff King- Kingsbury as a play caller and a coach. And, and of course, you know, Kyler Murray, um, they're coming off that big win last week. Obviously, he didn't complete the game because of an injury, but um, he was a big part of why they were in the lead to begin with. So for the Cardinals, it just, just be healthy and, and – and be happy for the future for this team. Uh, for the Rams, I I don't even want to get into the Rams because I I, I don't want Rams fans to uh, <laughs> be too upset uh, given this holiday season. But uh, it, in my opinion, I think the Rams are um, it it's, it doesn't look bright in their future. Let's just put it that way. And that's another topic that I could go on and on and on about. But given the given the time constraints we will uh, we'll leave it at that and say good luck rams and uh um, i'll be very curious to see what you do in the future <laughs> yeah i'll go just dis- i'll go disappointing on the rams real quick and it's just that you have no jill and ramsey in this game yep. and you look at the ram like arizona just got blown up by the rams last month i really question what la has here but the question is kyle murray if that hamstring is healthy yep. you don't really want him on the field so i'll just go disappointment for the rams because regardless of how this ends it's been a, a bad year for them uh let's go to denver Seven and eight Raiders, six and nine Broncos, and 
I'll go taking a gamble because the Raiders are going to Vegas and they've already completed half the odds of making the playoffs. So even if they don't make it, which they're probably not, for John Gruden to go 8-8 eight and eight in year one, uh, not year one, but for basically a team that really a lot of people thought would be picking at the top of the draft in Vegas, uh, congrats to John Gruden and the Raiders for whatever happens this week to at least be respectable this year. And uh, I, I'll, I'll go a phrase here. So I'm so you're saying there's a chance, and, and there is, there is a chance. It's a good this, one. It, it is. Well, you know, it's the Oakland Raiders, so there's always a chance uh, with them. But uh, look, there's a, there's a scenario where they do make the playoffs, and it's uh, you know obviously they have to win. Uh, Pittsburgh has to lose, Tennessee has to lose, and Indy has to win for them to uh, clinch that uh, playoff berth over Pittsburgh. So um, look, I, I'm I'm right there with you. I mean. Uh, I, I think this uh, this Raiders team has dealt with some, obviously from the Antonio Brown situation on, some unfortunate uh, situations offensively and, of course, defensively. You know, say what you want about Vontez Perfect. He was a, uh, a very key cog in that linebacking group. And, um, you know, this defense is still um, a long way from being, in my opinion, a championship caliber defense. But... Uh, it's funny when you kind of step back and look at how these certain uh, this team was built, and you know you think about Khalil Mack and Amari Cooper getting traded, and and I could sit here and argue that the Raiders are in far better shape than both those teams moving forward. Now again, you talent wise, Dallas probably takes the cake. Um, defensive talent wise, Chicago's still a really good team that way, but. Um, the Raiders have a lot of good things going for them, including a lot of draft picks and a lot of uh, opportunity to grow. So, um, And with all that said, they could still sneak into the playoffs this year, which I think would be, uh, whether they go one and done or not, uh, I think would be a, a tremendous accomplishment for this team. To Jacksonville, 7-8 and eight Colts, 5-10 and 10 Jaguars. I'm going to go unknown for both of these teams. I don't, I don't think we found out anything about the Colts, which is kind of weird considering you still got a young quarterback in Jacoby Brissett, and we really don't know how good he is because the talent level in Indy with all their injuries never just really developed any consistency. And for Jacksonville, there's an unknown at quarterback. Nick Foles was bad. Gardner Minshew has had some good moments, but is he really the franchise? So this is really a matchup of unknown and confusion. No, I, look, I, I, I'm going to have to 100% agree with you on that because not only do the Jaguars not have an answer at quarterback, despite having an $80 million quarterback sitting on their roster for the next three years. Um, you know, front office wise, you know, Tom Coughlin just got, uh, got the boot. And, uh, you know, obviously there's a lot of things coming out about their, the way they handle certain players, which again, how are you going to improve your team and entice good players to come to your franchise if you have so many issues? Um, so yeah, I, I agree with you. This is, this is a whole bunch of uncertainty for both teams and, uh, it'll, it'll be interesting to see what they do moving forward. To Dallas, where the Cowboys need a little bit of help. They need a win and an eagle loss to win the division. They're 7-8 and eight against the 3-12 and 12 Redskins. My word and phrase is who's in charge because Jason Garrett apparently doesn't want to take charge of Amari Cooper not playing down the stretch in Philadelphia. It, it was an absolute mess. Uh, I wouldn't spend much time in this game because it was that ugly to watch. Uh, for Dallas, it's just really, I to be honest, Ian, if Dwayne Haskins was in this game, you might have a case the Redskins could actually win this game, but it's not. Uh, Dallas has got to find a way at, at some point, whether Zeke just has a big drive or maybe Amari gets makeup catches from last week, but it's still a mess Dallas win or lose. I, I, yeah, I would, I would say in, in similar fashion, nothing that, that would be, that would be my word to describe this game. Excuse me, because <clears throat> even, even if Dallas wins, it, it tells me nothing about them. If anything, it just further 
cements what I feel about this team, which is they beat up on good um, on bad teams and they lose to good teams and they're very poorly coached. Uh, again, another team that I think needs to get rid of their coach. Uh, if anything, these last couple of weeks have only further cemented that for me. But, um, you know, you can only ride the Jason Garrett train for so long. I mean, it, it's, it's, and I, I think it's far past its expiration date, in my opinion. So for the Cowboys, this is nothing. I don't expect them to make the playoffs. I think they, they lost every opportunity they, they had to make the playoffs. And if they do, I, I imagine that they're going to be a pretty easy out for whoever they play. To MetLife Stadium, the 4-11 Giants hosting the 8-7 and Eagles. Am I worth nothing to lose? I, I think mm-hmm. you look at the Giants. They don't have to worry about tanking anymore because they're not getting Chase Young. Who knows what happens with Pat Shermer and, and Dave Gettleman after this game. It shouldn't be related to this game, but you never know. It's the Giants. But Daniel Jones is back, and Daniel Jones has had a good first year, all things considering. Philly still struggled to beat the Giants with Eli Manning at quarterback. And to me, this is the kind of game you get up for a little bit, maybe rally around Shermer. I could see the Giants win this game and Dallas win the division. Yeah, you know, that's 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 a good point. And I, I wouldn't necessarily put that past because this isn't, uh, you know, as much as I'd knock on Dallas, this doesn't mean uh, I think Philly's a good team. I, I don't. I do think that they will win this game, and I do think that they will make it into the playoffs. However, that, again, is is, is whoever is gets the, the great fortune of being able to play the Eagles, I think, is uh, going to have a pretty easy first-round matchup, in my opinion, because I don't think the Eagles are that good. I think this is just a product of two uh, mediocre to bad teams that just, you know, one of them has to make win the division and get into the playoffs. So, um, but like you said, I, I, I do, I think, I think this is, this is, you're playing with house money right now. Uh, both those teams, it's like, you got nothing to lose. If Philly loses, then, oh, well, you made a valiant effort to get back into the playoffs and you fell just short. Um, the giants are, are where they're at. They gave uh, Eli Manning their little farewell and it kind of, you know, put some positive energy around that team. And of course, Daniel Jones played well last week. So yeah, I, I mean, it's, it's house money for these guys. You know, there's nothing to lose for either team, uh, a lot to gain for Philly, of course, but even if they don't, it's, it's, you're pretty much in the same spot. I'll quickly disagree with nothing to lose on Philly. I think you look at Philly over the last month, they've struggled against inferior opponents. They barely beat the Redskins at home a couple weeks or on the home in Washington a few weeks ago. And if Philly misses the playoffs and loses to the Giants with Carson Wentz, it's it's not a good look for Wentz either. Well, I, I you know, and, and to that, I say that doesn't really change anything that I've seen throughout this whole season, though. And, and that that's what I'm saying. Like if. Uh, OK, uh, so for me, I, I think at this point, you, you, a few weeks ago, you kind of just said, OK, the, the Eagles just aren't right now. Whether it's injuries, whether it's just personnel, what have you, they're just not a great team right now. You're probably not going to make the playoffs. Well, Dallas just decided to completely, you know, <laughs> I'm gonna, I'll edit myself. I won't say what I was thinking, but uh, they're they basically just decided to to screw it all up uh, for themselves mm-hmm. and and lose these games. So I'm not giving um, extra credit to Philadelphia. So I. To me, if they lose, it's just okay. Then you know they're, they they've been a bad team all season, so it doesn't change my opinion of them. So uh, to, to that point, I don't I don't think uh, that Philly has much to lose at all. I think regardless of what happens this week, if they make the playoffs, I think they're going to get beat by whoever they end up playing, and we're just going to be right back where we were just a week later. 
to Baltimore, the eight and seven Steelers against the thirteen and two Ravens, and it looks like it is Duck Hodges versus RG three. Mm-hmm. Who would have thought that would have happened? I'm going to go RG three Renaissance here. I, I like even with the Ravens sitting everybody. I like the Ravens. I, mm-hmm. I thought the Jets would beat the Steelers last week. I, I was right. The Steelers just don't really have a, anything at quarterback. Hodges throws too many picks, and RG three I think is going to go out there with a uh, little confidence. He's helped Lamar this year. Uh, it would be great to see him get a win and maybe one more start for him. Uh, so I, I think Baltimore wins and keeps Pittsburgh out of the playoffs. Yeah, and, and I'll go with the opportunity because, again, RG3, we all know the story. Uh, he had a great rookie season, got ruined by <laughs> Jay Gruden and the Washington coaching staff by forcing him to you know, stay out there, and he ruined his knee. And uh, you know, we, we've seen a slow rebuild of the Teddy Bridgewater brand, and uh, he's obviously built up some cachet with his uh, ability to go 5-0 and this season for the Saints. So... To me, this is an opportunity for RG3. At some point, like he may get another opportunity somewhere. And uh, I know he's content backing up and, and playing in Baltimore, and who wouldn't be, you know, for a team that, that looks like they're they're going into the playoffs quite hot. But um, deep down, if you're a competitor, you want to be able to start football games. And, uh, you know, this could be a showcase for him to, to start building that brand. So I'm going to go with opportunity for RG3 because that's about the only opportunity available for any um, – player on either team right now because again the Ravens are got what they got locked up and uh the Steelers I think they're you know what they need they need a quarterback and and they could be getting that back in Ben Roethlisberger but this season I think is uh you know it's it's just about over for them so I I I think you know for for the most important thing is RG3's opportunity to uh showcase his ability to Houston where the eight and seven Titans take on the ten and five Texans Titans simple winning in for Houston as I'm interested, I'm going to go with interesting, and maybe it's a cop-out word. I don't know how Bill O'Brien's going to play this. I really don't. And I think Watson, I think, will play a little bit. But for the Texans, you kind of need this football game. I know last week I said to be a contender, you got to win. Well, I'm going to say it again for the Texans. You want to be a playoff contender? You want to be with the Ravens, the Chiefs, and the Patriots? Win this football game. Mm-hmm. Beat a good, beat sweet Tennessee twice in three weeks is not easy. Titans had a good chance to win two weeks ago if Tannehill didn't throw that pick on the goal line. Mm-hmm. I, I think, I really don't know him, but Derrick Henry, the Titans are struggling oh, to get him healthy. He should play. But I want, this is more I think about the Texans than the Titans to me. Yeah, and, and uh, same here, because I do think, uh, going back to a phrase we used earlier, house money, I think Titans are playing with house money. You know, you turn to Ryan Tannehill and things really uh it took off for that team. And, and a, a lot of it has to do with how well he's played. And, and look for the, for the Texans, it, it's about momentum. You can't go into the last game of the season and lose this game, especially when they have uh, had a few stinkers as of late. Yes. You know, you can't lose the division at this point. You're, you're locked in with that division, but um, you can't tell me if they go in and lose this game to a Titans team that, you could potentially see, you know, a week later, if, if, if the cards fall right, um, you can't tell me that that's a good thing for a Titan, the Texans team that has still yet to prove that they belong among the, the group of, you know, New England and then to a lesser extent, Baltimore and, and the Chiefs who have competed and been to championship games in recent years. Of course, the te- Texans have, you know, struggled to get really anywhere in the playoffs. So, um, you know, for the Texans, it, you have to have good momentum going into the playoffs. And if they lose this game, I would, I would honestly say they'd they'd be on upset alert for me first uh, for Wild Card Weekend. Final game here of the slate Sunday night: twelve and three Niners, eleven and four Seahawks. 
Niners can win the West and get home field with a win. Seattle wins the West with a win. I'm going to go with opportunity. Uh, big chance for the Niners here. You talk about a team that I think in that first matchup, if they had Emmanuel Sanders healthy the whole amount of time and George Kittle was healthy, they win that game going away. I mean, they were dominating the first half. Seattle's banged up at running back. They're going to Marshawn Lynch, of all people, now to get some carries. Uh, they're out Dwayne Brown. I don't know. Russell Wilson could win this game by himself. I know he can't win MVP, but I'd like to give him an honorary MVP if he wins this game. To me, the Niners are just in that right frame of mind right now. They got a big win last Saturday. They've had an extra day off even. Mm -hmm. So if the Niners, this is their chance. Get home field. I think the only chance they've got at the Super Bowl really is home field, even though in a wide-open NFC. So I'm going to go opportunity and revenge. I think San Fran wins this football game. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm, I'll go fireworks because uh, you said it. Marshawn Lynch is returning out, of, you know, kind of, you know, just out of the blue. It's just all of a sudden like, oh, by the way, Marshawn Lynch is flying to Seattle. Oh, by the way, he's getting ready to start, you know. So, uh, and it, look, this isn't Marshawn Lynch from four or five years ago. However, I think his he has a, a unique personality and a unique uh just atmosphere that surrounds him when whenever he plays and um in in a good way so i do think this is going to um galvanize the seahawks team who you know they've they've been playing a little you know off and on a little bit the last few weeks you know there's moments where they look again like you know four or five weeks ago i would have argued that uh russell wilson was it was clearly in the mvp race now again i think that's over at this point but um the seahawks and i mentioned earlier i could have made a case for being the best team in the nfc i'm a little bit more hesitant about that now however i am going to be interested to see this game because we all know that these two teams no matter what always put on a show and you add that extra element of marshawn lynch returning and the division being on the line and all the all the implications that surround this game and uh i, I just think fireworks <laughs> and it's a great it's a it's a fantastic way to end the regular season to watch those two teams fight for the division and it and I'm I'm excited if you can't tell to be able to watch that game. Let's just put it that way. So fireworks to me is is the best way to describe it. So that was week 17 word association, our last big slate for the NFL season. Hope you guys enjoyed that, Ian. Uh, thanks again for uh, joining me this week. Had a lot of fun. Tell listeners out there what they can expect from full press coverage in 2020. Some of the new changes that are out there and how they can follow you and the sites on Twitter. Well, we're uh, we are starting. <clears throat> excuse me, I apologize. I'm losing my voice a little bit. Um, we're we're very excited to be entering uh, our third calendar year now. Again, we just passed our two year anniversary as a site, but uh, we launched in 2017. So t- 2020 would be our uh, what would be our actually actually I guess it would be our fourth uh, <laughs> technical year in the business. But um, we're excited to continue to uh, provide a, a quite a bit of content. Um, we've started to roll out a lot more uh, team-specific podcasts, so be on the lookout for that. Um, they're they're all implemented on the site, and we're we're just we're excited to be able to provide uh, opportunities and and ways for people to uh, consume content and produce it. Because again, we we want to be a a land of opportunity, so to speak, and um, that's what we do. And uh, again, we're looking forward to uh, evolving in our video and audio aspects of it, and we're uh, continuing to uh, improve and and uh, distribute our app which is available on uh androids at the moment but we're still working with apple stores to get that up and going so um check it out and if you want to follow me on twitter you can follow me on twitter it's at iglen31 and uh i enjoy engaging with people especially uh when we talk about the patriots and tom brady <laughs> yeah you'll find his thread if you follow him you'll find his threads full of uh, tom brady 
haters and fans alike. So <laughs> it, should, it should be a, a lot of fun. Ian, again, thanks for joining me. Uh, thanks for giving me the opportunity to host here. Uh, have a happy new year, and uh, we'll talk again soon. Thanks for the time. Sounds good, and I uh, look forward to it. And a special thanks to Ian Glendon for hopping on the show to talk a little bit about Week 17 in the NFL as a new se- as a season will come to an end. We'll get into the postseason with four wild card games next week. So the War Association segments will be a little bit shorter than they have been over the last few weeks with fewer games. But we'll break down the games more in depth. We'll try to get some guests on to talk about those games that cover the teams, whether it be at full press coverage or some other outlets. I'll try to get that for you over the next week. Coming up on Saturday, the college football playoffs I mentioned earlier. I think one matchup's a little more lopsided than the other, although you never know. You look at the NBA on Christmas Day last night. We talked about all the uh, the flexing that had to be going on where teams should have been flexed out. Well, the Warriors upset the Rockets, and the Pelicans upset the Nuggets. Two teams with single-digit wins beat prominent Western Conference teams. So I don't really know if you need that flexing on Christmas. You had a great Clippers-Lakers game. I enjoyed it a lot. Kawhi and LeBron back and forth. Always a lot of fun. I think the Clippers better than the Lakers, as we talked about last week on the show. Sixers with a big win over the Bucks. Really, I think that game meant more to the Sixers. So you got to tip your cap to them to find a way to win. And then you had the Celtics with a convincing win over the Raptors. And the Celtics, 21-7, and very quietly playing some good basketball with Kemba Walker. But let's get into college football. I'm going to go with LSU over Oklahoma in the Peach Bowl. Oklahoma's got a lot of suspensions, which is going to hurt their team. Even with the suspen- without the suspension, I think it would be pretty tough for Oklahoma to win this game. I, I think the X factor is Jalen Hurts. If he can find a way to get the ball to CeeDee Lamb and-, and make plays on third down, create things out of nothing, they have somewhat of a shot. But Joe Burrow is too good for LSU right now. I think they've got too much speed on the outside with Jamar Chase and company. Their defense is pretty good. I, I think they're familiar with Jalen Hurts a little bit. I know Jalen Hurts is familiar with them, but I'll take LSU over Oklahoma. Will they cover the spread? I don't know, but I think LSU will get the win in the Peach Bowl. To the Fiesta Bowl, Ohio State and Clemson. This is a fun matchup. Of course, the big in- the news around Ohio State is what's happened with Justin Fields. Uh, now, Justin Fields has a knee, has a, a knee brace on his knee, obviously. Uh, he's been practicing with it, so that would be something to monitor over the next couple of days as we get into the game on Saturday. With Fields battling a little bit of an injury, is that going to affect his performance in this game? You got two great quarterbacks in college, and Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence, both have good receivers on the outside. Both have great running games, good defenses. I think it's going to be a fun game. I think it's really close. I'm going to lean toward Clemson. I think it's a team with a chip on their shoulder. They won 27 in a row. They feel disrespected, and I think Dabo Sweeney's got one little chip up, uh, one little trick up his sleeve, if you will to where I think the Tigers find a way. I think Etienne has the better running game than Dobbins, although it's very close. I think it's like a 34-28 kind of game. It's going to be very entertaining. I pick Clemson in my Bowl Mania picks, which I'm right now, as of before Thursday, I'm 8-3 in Bowl games, so I'm really happy about that. Also, a special shout-out to my brother Matt. Him and I won our fantasy football championship. Yes, I don't. I know you don't really care about my fantasy football team, but I've never won a fantasy football championship, so I'm going to take the 30 seconds and uh, congratulate. It's really fun when you win. It's fun when you win with a family member. So, uh, I congratulations to us on a good job in our fantasy league. That's a good moment for me this decade in terms of non-professional sports. But I want to get into my favorite moments from this decade. I'm going to leave some things out. I understand that. It's really tough. I was, I was thinking about this project over the last couple of days, and you, you can't encapsulate the decade quickly. 
you're going to leave people out. You can't, all decade teams are really hard to do. And I appreciate the people that put the time and effort into doing them. I'm just going to give some of my favorite moments from the decade as a sports fan. And feel free, if you want to share your moments of the decade, again, at Rickinator555 on Twitter, feel free to do so. For me in baseball, it's about the Cubs winning the World Series, breaking the curse of the Billy Goat, that classic seven-game series with the Cleveland Indians, coming from three games to one down, the great Game 7 that was played. A lot of good Game 7s, or memorable World Series, if you will, in baseball over the last decade. You had St. Louis beating Texas. In that momentous series, you had the Giants and Madison Bumgarner in Kansas City with him, that classic performance in a Game 7. You had Astros-Dodgers go to Game 7 in the World Series. This past World Series with the Nationals, a lot of great games with the Cubs. Of course, the storyline is, is classic. They've had a, a good run over the last couple of years. And the Washington Nationals, I mentioned at the top of the show, when I first did the show, actually, not the top of the show. So the top of when we started, kicking in with Keeler, my ties to the Nationals, writing on District on Deck for three seasons before these last couple of years, seeing this team come so close in postseasons and fail to get the big one, to finally see them get the big one, to see a D.C. fan base that I know is passionate about their baseball team, not just their football team, although they lost some of that passion with the way the Redskins have played, but to watch... Steven Strasburg get a championship. To watch Max Scherzer get a championship. Anthony Rendon. I watched Juan Soto emerge from a prospect to a, pretty much a superstar. That's where the Nationals are, and I think it's been really good to watch them finally get that championship. That's my things in baseball. In football, I'm a big Patriots fan. So obviously the, two, the three Super Bowls this decade, the Malcolm Butler play at the one-yard line against Seattle in 2015. You had the momentous 28-3 comeback against the Falcons. And then you had the win over the Rams this past Super Bowl. Look, the Patriots spoiled their fans. Three championships in a decade, really hard to do. And Tom Brady, of course, there were moments where you thought he played at his absolute best in his career. Especially coming from 10 down against Seattle in that Super Bowl wing. It's one of the best defenses in football. Coming back from 25 down against the Falcons in pretty much a quarter and a little bit over a quarter. But it speaks to the greatness of this dynasty that I don't think is over yet. Even if they get lose get to an AFC championship and lose, they get to the AFC championship pretty much every year. I think they pretty much have this decade if you think about it. So, to me, I, the Patriots stand out to me, of course, football wise, obviously. But I'll give you one non-baseball football one for me. I'm gonna go with golf. Now, for those who aren't familiar with me, I'm a I'm a pretty big golf guy, not a huge golf guy. But I, my favorite, one of my favorite athletes to watch is Tiger Woods. And to watch him complete the comeback, not just with the Tour Championship in 2018, where he finally got that win and, and the sport seemed to embrace him. You had everybody crowd around the 18th green to watch Tiger win, even though he didn't win the FedEx Cup. He won the Tour Championship, beat some of the best golfers in the world, and showed he was back. Then he got to Augusta. You had the epic shots in the water on 12 by Francesco Molinari and Tony Finau. You had the shot in the water on 15 by Molinari. But for Tiger to win the Masters, when a lot of people thought, and I sometimes thought this too, that he was never going to win a major again. And when, for me as a Tiger fan, I will always, if I'm near TV and Tiger's in contention any tournament on Sunday, I'm flipping it on because I want to see him win. It was great to see him, by the way, win as a team captain for the Team USA in the President's Cup. That was a lot of fun to watch as well. And Tiger was great there too. 
But to see him at the latter stage of his of his golf career be this dominant and to win Augusta, of course he knows very well, but to get that major off his back was so close the year prior, the British Open and the PGA Championship. But you can tell how emotional that win was for him. And you may love Tiger Woods, you may hate Tiger Woods, and I, I get that. But it's one of the great stories of the decade for me. I remember that Masters Sunday was taped, well, not taped, but it was early in the day because of storms. I went out and did errands. I taped it and came back. I rarely ever tape golf. That's the impact Tiger has. You don't want to miss a shot when he's playing because you never know what can happen. And that's the fun of it. I think in tennis, I'm a huge tennis guy. You look at Federer, Nadal, and Djokovic, and Andy Murray for the early portion of the decade and how dominant they, they have been the entire decade. Serena Williams on the women's side, still one of the best female athletes of all time, one of the best athletes of all time. You look at hockey with the Blues winning the cup, and I, I, my, my, one of my favorite stories in hockey is the Vegas Knights, although they didn't win the cup. The Capitals won a couple years ago for an expansion team to make the Stanley Cup final. You don't see that often. So Vegas was special. And I think in the NBA, you have the Warriors, of course, their dominance. LeBron's heat in the early portion of the decade. You had the Spurs upsetting the heat in the finals in 13-14. You had, gold, obviously, I said Golden State. And you had the decade end with Kawhi getting the Raptors to a championship. There's so many storylines. I'm sure, again, I missed some. And I apologize for those fan base out there that I missed, but... It's been a great decade. Hopefully the 2020s bring some good moments sports-wise as well. And of course you had Clemson, Alabama in college football at that time. It was a lot of fun. So that's our show. Again, thanks for all who have tuned in. Thanks to all who have subscribed over these eight episodes. I've had a lot of fun doing them. I'm excited to keep them going into 2020. So next week we're going to have our recap of the college football semifinals. We'll look ahead a little bit to the national championship, though we might do that on the following week's show because that game... Actually, no, we'll have to, yeah, we will do that next week's show because college football playoff would be the, the final thing is the 13th. So I'll have to preview it next week. So we'll preview the, the national championship game. We'll look ahead to wildcard weekend in the NFL. We'll have more signings in baseball, hopefully, to look forward to as we get into the new year. Also, Winter Classic coming up on New Year's Day. Predators stars in the Cotton Bowl. That should be a lot of fun from a hockey perspective. Just see outdoor hockey in Texas. It's going to be, I think, a little different. I remember... A few years ago, it was like Ducks and Kings and Dodger Stadium, and it was just a weird to watch hockey in California outside. But when you get those like cold weather games where like there's a lot of snow on the ground, and you get these iconic sports venues where you play outdoor hockey, I love the outdoor hockey. To me, I'm not a I'm not a big hockey fan. I like hockey, but I love watching the outdoor events. So you get Winter Classic. Maybe we'll talk about that a little bit. Of course, NBA going into January. The playoffs picture starts to shape a little bit. All-star voting is already out for that, too. We'll hopefully have Gerald on during the month of January. Maybe we'll do a little all-star stuff with him. But again, follow me on Twitter, at Rickinator555. Follow Full Press Radio on Twitter, at Full Press Radio, at FB Coverage. As Ian told you earlier on the show, we have so much going on in 2020. We got team podcasts, a lot of great ones. Some of you have heard uh, Brandon Ray does a Bills podcast which is a lot of fun. Brandon was on a couple weeks ago for Word Association. You have Kyle Stenberg's Fantasy Show. Thanks to Kyle uh, for helping me win my fantasy league. I got to give him props for that. It's a lot of great fans, a lot of great shows here on the network. You can catch every night or every mo- every minute of the day. We have something running on the Full Press Radio page 
You can always take it with you on the Android app as well. So a lot of fun. And again, subscribe on iTunes, leave a rating, leave some feedback. If you have any feedback going into the new year, I'll gladly take it as well. It's been a lot of fun. Thanks again and hope you all had a great holiday and hope you have a great new year. May the 2020s bring happiness and joy and give you great memories that you'll cherish forever as we head into a new decade into 2020. So until then, this has been Ricky Keeler saying thanks for kicking it with me on a Thursday night and I'll see you back here next week and in the decade to come. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.